Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Let's head to the frozen north. My buddy and colleague Jack Edwards, play-by-play voice of the Boston Bruins, is brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment and 495 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Hello, Jack. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good, Dale. This is one of these games that uh, we don't really know what we're going to get tonight because Winnipeg has been just getting the crap beaten out of them in practice the last two days. I don't know if it's Paul Maurice's revenge for them getting eliminated or if it really is the pre-preseason camp that he says it is. Well, before I talk to you about hockey, though, I just want to get this out of the way here. We we just had a conversation about uh, something that you're passionate about. A hot conversation. It was about athletes, college athletes being paid and whether they should be paid or not. And I know you were a college athlete at the University of New Hampshire playing soccer. Uh, How do you feel about that? I think that the revenue sports should be declared professional teams, which is the way they've been run for at least the last decade, that they should pay the players. There should be no salary cap. If they don't want to pay the player the full amount of uh, tuition and fees, then it's on him to, to try to make it up or on her in the case of women's college basketball, which definitely is a professional sport. And uh, they should take it off the burden of, of laundering it, and that's what many colleges do, laundering the losses through the general fund, which leaves so many college students with enormous debts. You know, they end up paying $8 a week for the first 12 years out of college for a defensive back who played 11 downs in four years and got a full ride. It's ridiculous. You know, if, if you pay the players and you force the, the players to pay full tuition and fees, and, you know, if they're, if they're worth more money, then fine, they make a profit and they get taxed on it. But, you know, if you, if you force them to pay full tuition and fees, You'll be amazed at how many guys actually go to class and try to get something out of the experience. But it's, you know, it's, it's silly the way it's being run right now. It's professional sports. It's being run for the advantage of the professional leagues, the NBA, the NFL, and it's also being run for the advantage of the national cable networks, which uh, have, have encouraged this mega conference building that we see. It's professional sports, and anybody who says it isn't is lying to himself. But if you were a college wrestler, for instance, you'd never get a scholarship, right? Right. And you know what? That's okay. (laughs) It really is. You know, sorry. But, you know, is it really that important that we try to continue this Cold War mentality of like, wow, if we don't beat the Soviet Union in wrestling, we're not as good a country? I mean, really, uh, you know, I was a soccer player and soccer is not a revenue sport. So that's the way it goes. You know, you you pay your way. And if you want to play sports in college, great. But, you know, so many connected academics to athletics in the United States sometime in the 1800s, and that was a gigantic <laughs> mistake. It's the only country in the world that does it. You come up here to Canada, and, you know, they have a, a national collegiate hockey championship, but, you know, there are like 6,000 people in the stands for it. It's not a big deal because the college students up here are in college to go to college. And if you want to play sports while you're in college and break a sweat, well, good for you. But you know what? That's not why you go to college. And why they go to college if they're – and this is for the most part. You know, most of the players in the Final Four, most of the players in the Frozen Four in hockey, virtually every player who's in the BCS championship game, the reason they went to college was to play football or hockey or basketball. 
And, you know, that's professional sports and fine, but just call it what it is and pay them. That's deep. See, that's, that's what we have you, Jack. It's hockey. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, let's get back to the have game you, tonight. Have you seen the way? No, seriously. Seriously. Have you seen the way that, that BC's program is run, that BU's program is run? You know, I'm, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying if you look at the way those programs are run, those are professional athletes. There's no question those are professional athletes. Uh, you know, what, what do they do differently than NHL players? Uh, well, they, you know, they, they go to a few classes. They take a few finals. And, uh, you know, they, they don't get paid. That's about the only difference. They're on the same kind of schedule. They have morning skates, day of games. They travel. You know, a lot of the travel is by charter. That's, it's being run as a professional sport. And, and because college hockey has skewed itself to be in a position of competing with junior hockey in Canada, which is a professional sport, although on a low level, they have to make compromises in order to accommodate these players who otherwise would play junior hockey in Canada and not accept their scholarships to the fine institutions that sponsor them. They don't want to do it because they have to share it. Like you said, it's laundering. I think that's a great way of putting it, Jack. But, see, that would take an admission on the, car, on the part of college athletic directors and college presidents. So if, if they're admitting that this is all a professional endeavor, well, what, what does uh, Jeremy Jacobs have to do? What does Wick Grosbeck have to do with Steve Paliuka, Robert Kraft? If they're going to say we're in professional sports, hey, Christian Fourier, if, if he's up for a contract, I've got to pay him market rate for this. And Tom Brady, I've got to pay Brady and Manning and all these guys and Zidane Ochara. Well, in college sports, if you, if you continue to call it college sports, you don't have to do that, which is why they'll never acknowledge it. They are able well, to yeah. say, hey, here, take your scholarship. That's your payment as we make billions and you make thousands. Yeah. If anybody can find me a cartel that is more corrupt than the NCAA, bring it. I'd love to hear it because I don't think it exists. These guys, you know, they wear really nice suits and they try to say politically spun correctly things. But, you know, the college presidents and the athletic directors who are in on this are choking off the money supply from the talent. Nobody goes to a basketball game to watch the coach gesticulate on the sideline. They go to basketball games so they can watch the players play. But the players aren't getting paid, and there are billions with a B being exchanged between the cable networks and the conferences and the teams and the coaches and the shoe companies and all that, and the talent is not getting paid. It's utterly ridiculous, it's fraudulent, and it's dishonest. The last time we talked about this next subject, we got an, an entire play-by-play of a peekaboo street knee surgery, <laughs> which still keeps me up at night. But but the fact of the matter is, Dennis Seidenberg, according to some media reports here, has begun skating. I heard your colleague and mine, Andy Brickley, talking about that. Brickley's point was, if there is an athlete wearing a Bruins uniform who could pull this thing off, it probably is Seidenberg. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the idea that Seidenberg I think, at least in his mind, is going to be playing here in the playoffs at some point. It's possible. It, that, that's, that's all that I would say about it, that it is possible. It, the percentage of possibility is extremely low, one would think. Um, th- this, is a, this is a situation that, um, you know, Dennis Seidenberg himself is, is kind of amused by these media reports. Um, I had a chance to speak with Seidenberg. And, uh, you know, he's doing very well in his rehab. But really, you know, let's, let's get it to the point where it's serious. You know, let's get it to the point where 
they think they can put him out on the ice. Claude Julien kind of humorously said, you know, I, I think he was skating just out of boredom because, you know, it's, it's just a way to get some exercise. The biggest factor here, guys, with a patellar tendon splice that Dale alluded to is time. You got to give the guy time. Maybe he does have superhuman healing powers, and maybe he'll be able to to show that he can can endure the uh, the wear and tear that uh, goes on your patellar tendon uh, when you're coming back from that kind of surgery. But the middle third of his patellar tendon has to grow back, otherwise he could have his knee explode the way Jerry Rice's did, who just came back way too soon. Uh, the best time of the National Hockey League is coming up next week. It's playoff time. Uh, the Bruins will be involved in the first round. They'll be in one, taking on an eight. Uh, what do you expect from it? And you expect, and we always say the NHL playoffs are unpredictable, uh, but are we talking about a long series in the first round uh, from the Bruins, likely? Or do you think whoever they're matched up with, it would just be too overwhelming and we're talking about four or five games? Given that I've described the modern National Hockey League as the league with more parity than any other sport has displayed in history. Yeah, to me, it's crazy to pick any series in the first round going fewer than six games. It's just so close out there. If a goalie has a hot night, if there's a bad bounce of a puck, that's the difference in a game. And you get a couple of those in a row, and that can be the difference in a series. You, know, you look at the way the Washington Caps played against the Bruins a couple of years ago when they were playing to zero, and they were hoping every game would basically come down to a coin flip or a bounce of a puck or a lucky break, and, and just about every one of them did. You know, The Caps went four games to three over Boston in the first round. They went out four games to three in the second round. Every, just about every game was a nail-biter. So, yeah, I anticipate a long, hard series for the Bruins whether they play Columbus or Detroit, or I guess there's still a mathematical possibility they'd play Philadelphia. Yeah, so with that, Jack, um, three games left. How much can we read into the tinkering that uh, Claude's doing with, uh, you know, mixing up the lines? Well, you know, Christian, my guess is that the tinkering is is driven by two things. One is uh, some guys being a little banged up. Looks as if Chris Kelly isn't going to play at all tonight after uh, playing only one shift, I believe, in the third period a couple of nights ago in in, uh, Minnesota. Uh, The other is that they're systematically resting guys. Uh, They they intentionally rested Krejci and Ginler, who will return uh, tonight in Winnipeg uh, for the Minnesota game. Uh, Patrice Bergeron Bergeron has been chained into his room today. They didn't even let him on the ice for the morning skate. So uh, they're giving him intentional rest. They're taking these guys who have played every single game this year, and they're saying, you know what? This team has a higher priority than the President's Trophy, and that is to make sure that their studs are healthy, rested, and energized for a long, difficult playoff run. It's interesting about that. You know, one guy who's been arguing against being sat out for a game is Brad Marchand. And he was kind of half-joking when he said, you know, it's the first season I haven't been suspended for a game. You know, I got a chance to play every game. He wants to play every game this year. Yeah, and I can understand that. And, you know, as long as he continues to play with the kind of energy that he he plays with and doesn't get smashed into the wall, um, that there's a possibility that he will play every game. You know, if you think about the way Bergeron plays versus the way uh, Marchand plays on the same line, uh, Bergeron's in a lot more confrontations because it's his responsibility to win the puck and control the center of the ice. Um, yeah, Marchand does play against the boards, and uh, every once in a while he does get smoked. But most of the time his game is about speed, 
racing into gaps, annoying people, and getting away with it. And uh, maybe uh, maybe he's got a point there that, that it, it takes a little less out of him than it does, say, the way uh, an Aginla plays or, or any of the Bruins centers have to play. You know, Jack, we spent some time the other day talking about Yaroslav uh, Halak. He didn't want to play against his old team, Adam Oates. That's how we found out. Adam Oates called him out and said uh, that, you know, he, he said he couldn't go. It was a little too emotional. Uh, what did you think of the story from the perspective of Halak and from the perspective of Adam Oates who told the world about it? Well, well, yeah, a good question. And, and that uh, we also should add that Halak's agent uh, contradicted that. But one, one would expect his agent to do that. Since Especially if his name is Alan Walsh. Yeah, yeah, for, for Halak to make as much money as he can. Um, to me, this was a symptom of a coach-killing environment in Washington where Alex Ovechkin clearly has not acted in the best interest of the team. He's got 50 goals, and he's minus 34. That darn Steve Ott has gone to the bottom of the plus-minus ratings, and it looks as if Ovechkin's not going to pull off the impossible double of leading the league in goals and being last of all skaters in plus-minus. But um, to me, that kind of thing happens when um, you've got a, a player in a leadership position on the team who clearly is not buying in. That's when the core cracks. That's when the individuals start thinking about what's important or what's uh, good for the individual as opposed to what's good for the team. And, you know, part of what we were saying on the ice before the seventh player award is really the hallmark of, of what divides the great teams that are capable of winning the Stanley Cup from the teams that you know never will win it. And that is that they turn that Ovechkin pyramid upside down and they put the, the personal glory at the very bottom of the list. And priorities one through next to last are what is in the best interest of the team at every moment. Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley have the call. Boston Bruins, Winnipeg Jets. The game is on Nesson Plus tonight. Uh, you can check Jack's Twitter feed or mine and get the complete list of where the Nesson Plus channels are in your area. Pre-game show is at 7.30. Jack and Brick with the face-off at 8. I'll talk to you in a few hours. Dale, that was fabulous promotion, by the way, and, and thanks for letting me vent about college sports because now I am really fired up for this. Nice. I, I like it. I, I will tell you that I got a text from one of our colleagues at Nesson who said, Ask Jack what he thinks about this. So I did get tipped a little bit. <laughs> Out of boy. I'll talk to you later.